0: Saturday will be the first top 25 matchup at Heinz Field since 2009. The Louisville Cardinals come into town, coming off a tough loss against Miami. The Cardinals will be looking to get their season back on track, led by quarterback Malik Cunningham. The Panthers' defense will need a step up to stop him and the other offensive weapons. We preview the matchup and more on this week's Hell to Pit podcast.
1: about finishing it in these final 30 minutes well you know it happened in, it happened in west virginia where we knocked off number two it happened in south carolina and it's happening in pittsburgh today our
2: guys had a lot of guts tonight we're just going to keep getting better i mean it's just that's what it is one health game that you will never ever forget we shocked the world
1: <laughs> hail to pitt hail to Pitt. This is the week of September 26, 2020, and this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan Tuzinski. I'm Vince.
0: And I'm Pam.
1: The Panthers won 21-10 against a hapless Syracuse team that seemingly tapped out, even though Pitt gave them ample opportunity to take advantage of some mistakes. A win's a win, though. And now the 21st ranked in the nation, Pitt Panthers are redden for the 24th ranked Louisville Cardinals. And an ACC Network big noon kickoff. We're forging the future this week, Pam. I am so ready for a top 25 matchup and new jerseys. Not the state, but new threads
0: on the Panthers. Oh, the hype around these uniforms are real. Hype around this top 25 matchup is real. I can't wait for Saturday to get here.
1: Yes, this is a really exciting game uh, based off what the the Panthers did against Syracuse. I think showed sufficient acumen on offense and tremendous defense, Vince, to get me properly excited for the Louisville game. A team that really kind of got mollywhopped by Miami from what I saw.
0: Uh, well,
2: that's a little debatable. I think that game may have been a little closer than what the, the score showed. But the bottom line is, if, if you're not fired up for this matchup, there's something wrong with you.
1: Yeah, there is, baby. Somebody say something about getting fired up. Hit us up on social media, at h 2 P Show on Twitter. Hail the number two, pitpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to email us. We appreciate any feedback on either of those two v- – avenues or platforms if you will or if you just hit us up on panther lair we're there we're on reddit we love interacting with all the fanthers about our pit panthers and of course this is a pretty easy podcast production you can get your own podcast started today and have your own personal producer to work with at a very low rate just go to pretty easy we'll start with the review of the syracuse game we'll look ahead to debuting new jerseys against louisville We'll talk about all sorts of stuff in college football. It's going to be a very action-packed show, Pam. But first, that review. What did you think of the 21-10 victory over the Orange?
0: I think they needed. They did what they needed to do to get out of there with a victory. I think at times the offense wasn't super impressive. Um, but the defense played very good against, a, uh, I thought, overall against a not explosive Syracuse offense, to put it kindly. Um, I thought it was weird towards the end of the game. Dino Baber still had two timeouts and he didn't use them, which, you know, that's a little mind-blowing as well. But I thought overall it was, it was an eh, okay, mediocre performance for the Panthers. Nothing horrible, but nothing excellent either.
1: I don't like the 70-yard touchdown throw from a backup quarterback, but other than that, I thought the defense was solid. And offense and special teams, some bonehead plays, Vince. But overall, they, they handled Syracuse. They did not cover, though.
2: No, they did not. Uh, and it, it, certainly the defense brought it. You know, I mean, that, aside from that, that one play that you alluded to, uh, the, the defense played excellent. Uh, getting out after the quarterback like they needed to, making some splash plays, some turnovers like they needed to. And uh, got off the field on third down, which I think was just absolutely huge in this game. Syracuse only two conversions out of 14. Uh, So I really think that speaks volumes uh, for where this defense is at. Uh, They're going to have a big step up in competition this week for sure. But uh, I I think it bodes well that they were able to dominate a bad team.
0: And the defense was put in bad positions a number of times with uh, two missed field goals, one of the – and then a botched snap too. So they had a work and not great field position. They were able to get off the field, like you said, on the third downs. If not, that probably in some of those instances would have led to uh, some more points for Syracuse.
1: Seven sacks. Seven sacks. Shod Weaver back in the fold, two sacks in the game, making his debut. The, the stars were out as well. He and Paris Ford showing up big all over this game. Super impressed by them. And really, you should be doing that against the Syracuse Orange. We talked about it before. And, of course, it's Syracuse, so I'm always nervous playing that team, even when they're bad. Pitt always seems to play to their level. They kind of did. Like you said, with the botched snap, it felt like, oh, here we go again. And then, of course, you got Kessman missing field goals left and right. Or were they both left? Or were they both right? I don't remember, but they were misses. And I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of not so worried about him because he has, I think, had bad games before and bounced back. Right, Vince? Am I am I wrong about this guy? He's been kicking yeah. for a while. Yeah.
2: And, and I guess two points with that. I think, you know. Say if they make those three field goals and Pitt wins thirty to to ten, I think everybody's probably feeling a little bit better about this game. Uh, but but you know that's what happened. And and yes, Kessman has bounced back. But I think you got to start questioning. You know, do you bring in possibly another kicker to kick whenever you know it's a you know within forty yards? Yeah, <laughs> a, you know, a short distance easy... f- kicker. Yeah, I mean that that kind of stuff's been done before around the country. Uh, I think it at least needs to be you know considered or looked at. I, I I'll admittedly I don't know about uh, the other the other gentlemen that are um, on the depth chart at the kick, place kicking position. I, I don't know. You know, we haven't seen them kicking a game, but you know, I think it's at least something that's got to be explored or at least talked about.
0: Oh, I-, I think you give them one more game. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with
1: Pam there, too. I think you, you keep Kessman, uh, you know, in, in full force as the kicker and give him his bounce-back game. Uh, but I have heard, actually, rumors that a, a an old pit legend has resurfaced a big, a very famous intramural kicker from up there at the Cost Center named Craig Icavino, and uh, maybe you, you call someone like that. He's also a longtime rival of Pat McAfee, so they do have that option, Vince. He-
2: yeah, he has resurfaced, but I'm not. I'm not sure about
1: his eligibility. Oh, yeah, that's always. Well, it, it's COVID season, though. You could play. You could probably bring back all sorts of cl- great classic pit players. Well, uh, maybe bring
0: back Blewett.
1: Yeah, bring back Blewett. Maybe I would even actually for the Louisville game try to get Revis Island to get back out there because they're going to need him. Because the Louisville Cardinals can go deep. They got speedsters, and that seventy yard uh, bomb that the Orange out of everything in that game i took away that play the most was the mo- the thing really? that stuck with me because <laughs> that one play felt like it could be a glimpse into what the louisville game will be oh, no. because they will make not. they will attempt that a lot more and i think they could execute it a lot better and that is something they have to shore up big time this week in practice going into that game we'll, we'll get into the louisville game in a minute but I know that we need to take some time to really highlight and spotlight Vincent Davis, Pam, because you've been calling him out, you've been saying play him more, and he was really all over the place for the Panthers. Uh catching the ball a little bit, handling the rock out of the backfield the most of all those running backs.
0: Yeah, he looked good. Um I like mixing him in with some of the other guys, but it was good that he got the start. Um, I think he'll be critical in the Louisville game. He had 18 carries for 53 yards in the Syracuse game and two catches for 26 yards. I really think um, they can continue to use him in the past game as well as a check down guy or just a, an option out of the backfield.
2: Do you think he should be, you know, the main guy, because, you know, we've been clamoring this for, for, you know, close to a year now. And he, you know, he finally got the start and, you know, he didn't have that, you know, at least numbers wise, not the best of games here. Now, maybe you could attribute that to, you know, uh, you know, maybe some offensive line play or, or some, you know, some play calling. Um, but he certainly didn't take a stranglehold on this backfield. And, and one thing I was disappointed was, was Daniel Carter, uh, the, the, the bigger running back that we have, he got hurt earlier in that game. And on the couple runs that he had, I, you know, I was I was really impressed. Um, but uh,
1: he, he puts I the shoulder you,
2: down real well, I think. But yeah, he, he, he him he being hurt's bad. I,
0: I I liked how Sibley ran as well. Yeah, I think the way this offense is set up and the guys you have, there's not going to be one guy that carries and, the rock 30 times. And and, and and I think Vincent Davis, like 15, 17 carries a game two to three catches that's like his wheelhouse I feel yeah. like he can be a productive player on this team with those numbers and
2: coach kind of alluded to that in in his press conference this week he said that no running back has has taken control of the of of the starting position so I I expected you know it could be it could be anybody's game anybody's uh you know carries are up for grabs and he kind of put everybody on notice especially the the last style bender Israel Bonaconda he yeah. said you know you know he didn't he didn't have as good a week in practice and that, and that's why he didn't get any carries in the game
0: what about AJ Davis where are we with him at this point uh, he he's fallen out
2: well i wouldn't say he's fallen out but he you know he's he saw his workload diminished for sure i mean he, he kind of i think he, he is what he is and you know he, he's a he's a steady solid guy but he's not he's not a game breaker he's not i was i was far more impressed you know you know numbers aside i was far more impressed with with Vincent Davis and Daniel Carter
0: and Sibley as why well, Running out of that sense. wild
2: hog
1: formation. Yeah. I wonder how this is going to go th- uh, this week, if that'll change uh, week to week. Uh, but 18 carries from Vincent Davis and being reliable enough, you know, not a ton of yards, but just being responsible with the with the football. Um, I think he is kind of inching his way towards separating himself away from the other guys, but we'll keep an eye on it. The offensive line uh, went out there and – uh, overall, I think you know with their first test after a very, I mean, hardly even. Uh, I wouldn't even call it a cupcake. I would call it maybe like a macaroon or macaron, whatever you call those tiny little treats. When you talk about Austin PA, but this week they had a decent enough test. Also, an odd look that three three five Pam. They gave up three sacks. They ran the ball okay. The O line it was like a toe dip. I think we saw some signs uh, of, of promise there in terms of improvement from last year.
0: Yeah. The one thing that bothered me in this game was like the five men in the backfield penalty at times and Pitt just, uh, they didn't seem set on offense and they had a few penalties. It was still a little sloppy to me. I don't know if that was what Syracuse was looking. I feel like that needs to be cleaned up a little bit overall. The offensive line did okay. Um, interested to see what it does against a more traditional scheme
1: exactly a more traditional scheme might b- a benefit them. might make it easier that 335 i'll give them the benefit of the doubt facing the orange in that odd look uh, uh, no game tape could prepare them for that so they kind of went out there and it was according to how the game yep. went and i thought they managed it oh, all right vince
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it certainly wasn't terrible and it it wasn't, they weren't
1: slow out the gate. Like they were a little bit faster out of the gate than UNC was against that defense.
2: Well, yeah, I was, I was right about to make that point. Yeah. I mean, you know, for as much hype as North Carolina's received, they were only able to muster 10 points through three quarters against uh, the Syracuse defense. So, you know, they're they're no slouch. And, And I mean, yeah, you know, they did get some pressure, on, on this team and and yeah there were you know th- there were some other you know gaffes that they had but there wasn't enough disruption the the offensive line was not you know you know giving up that much pressure in order to cause a significant you know derailment of the offense and that you know there was no you know uh there weren't too many you know, there was no fumble. Too many fumbles. I know there was one on that on that backward pass at the beginning of the game, but there there wasn't a whole lot of st- there wasn't enough to really make it you know that series. Now you know if you're playing a really good team and, and you give up you know one good big play could be the difference. Uh, but I thought you know the offensive line played pretty well. I think it's a work in progress. It's going to get better. They're going to have to take another step this week.
1: Yeah, it felt like they were in control for the most part, and then also defense. Uh, not you know. They gave up a field goal after the after the the, the fumble pass, right? That was only a, the first three points Syracuse yeah. scored. So also, you know, defensively being able to face that adversity and just give up three points. Also, you like to see that. So overall, Pitt controlled it. They handled the responsibility of being the favorite in that game uh, well. And, you know, they learned some things about themselves, like, you know, Pam, that their tight ends still can't catch footballs.
0: Yeah, Lucas Kroll's disappointing, Um, and he kind of continued that tradition of tight ends dropping passes. We saw it in the Steeler game, too, with Eric Ebron. I just, or Vince McDonald, I just, maybe something about, like, Heinz Field or the air quality. I mean, they can't catch on the road either. That was a a little disappointing um, as well. I will say that Lucas Kroll, of all the terrible
1: tight end drops we've seen, recently he looks the best dropping the ball with that long flowing hair vince so at least he's got that going for
2: him yeah i suppose so and and you know i i counted you know he had two drops that would have extended drives and i believe there was another one from one of the running backs on a swing pass that would have went for some big yardage um so so those were you know three drops that that i looked at you know that really you know you know maybe if you know they get those, they probably score at least one more, at least one more touchdown, you know, on, on this team. And that, and that's the kind of execution that they need to have. And, yeah. and that's, yeah, you're hoping with Pearl that that's just, you know, you know, first action in a while uh, this year, getting out there, you know, hopefully, you know, these tight ends can, can really, you know, get on track, but maybe at the end of the day, I'm not quite sure how much they matter that much because I have been very impressed with Jordan Addison Ooh. and transfer receiver DJ Turner. Yeah, they're you know, the two main guys. guys. These guys are making some excellent catches all over the field. You know, Shockey also getting involved. Wayne, the Jared one, one Wayne.
0: drive Wayne did really well. Yeah,
2: Jared Wayne getting involved. I you got to look at this, and it's like this receiver room, even without Tacey Mack, just seems to be night and day to me, uh, you know, from where it was last year and, and even some years prior. Uh, they got some guys that are, you know, you know, maybe not, you know, any Blazers on this team, but, you know, just a lot of guys that are smooth route runners that can catch the ball and, and make some plays whenever they get it. Yeah, that's that's
1: really exciting to see. And I think facing a team like Louisville also, uh, it's going to get the receivers that whole, I think that whole room. Will get up for this game. You're going to look across and see, you know, two two doing his thing, and Louisville get, garnering all this attention offensively. You're going to want to show up and keep up with them and prove that you know Pitt has wide receivers too. Pitt can, you know, score points too. So I think the challenge this week, falling into their lap, is 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 exciting an exciting challenge for the receivers. Before we wind down our review here of the of the Syracuse game, though, I want to bring in a new guest here, Pam, uh, uh, for a special conspiracy theory segment here on the Hail to Pit Podcast, Mister Jesse the Body Ventura, uh, to talk about Pit tight end drops because, uh, P- Pam, there's these been happening so long. Could there be point shaving going on for the Pit Panthers, just like there was back in the early two thousands in basketball? point shaving there what about these tight ends are they shaving points dropping all these balls
0: no i don't believe in conspiracy theories but also you'd think (laughs) that the tight ends would like catch a few to make it not seem so obvious if that was the case
1: (laughs) yeah yeah the thing about basketball point shaving is they might have been able to get away with it because they were damn good so they you know, here and there a missed miss layup, I guess, didn't hurt them, but they were in some dog fights in the Big East. We'll get into the point shaving talk in just a moment. Let's preview Louisville now. One and one, ranked twenty-fourth in the nation, according to the AP, and they got beat by the U. The game of the week on Saturday, 47 34. Vince, you think it was closer than that? I watched the whole game. I felt like Miami had control. Louisville well. looked explosive, but damn, they couldn't stop the U.
2: Well, that's true. They could they could not stop. Especially
0: and, in the third quarter, right? the game got out of hand a little bit. I thought. It,
2: it, well, I, it, I, I guess I, I suppose so. But also, I think it was lots early in the game as well. Um, there was a couple times where Louisville got into the red zone, but had to settle for field goals. Mm-hmm. Um, while Miami, they were getting the red zone, they were scoring touchdowns. And you know, I look at that. I look at Louisville had three turnovers. Miami didn't didn't have any. Uh, the yardage was re- you know, relatively even. Uh, I think this game was a little closer than what the score had. But you know, you know, red zone opportunities, turnovers. I think that was really the difference in the game. You know, I w- I would not look at the fact that that you know Louisville losing this game and mo- losing it by double digits as any reason to think that they're not a, a formidable opponent.
1: Oh, of course, way. yeah, of course, yeah. That's one thing you do have to take away from this is that Louisville may have gotten beat by double digits and kind of embarrassed in a big time game against a big time opponent. But that doesn't mean they're not going to be a formidable opponent. Uh, They're not going to be a tough out for the Pitt Panthers explosive on offense. They were only outgained. You said what? 50 yards in that game, but the turnovers were what broke their backs. And you've got Malik Cunningham going out there. He's getting all sorts of praise as a top ACC quarterback in a year where ACC quarterbacks are pretty damn good. Des Fitzpatrick, 2 2 Atwell. These guys out there are big time playmakers who can have home run type of plays. They looked explosive to me. And I am very uh, nervous uh, because if it becomes a track meet, I don't know if Pitt has the gas tank to keep up with Louisville like if that if it's like that Miami game without the turnovers you got to get turnovers against this team against this team Pam or else you have to score 47 points
0: yeah and JV on Hawkins too on the ground for uh, Louisville is a big mm-hmm. threat uh, this game it's going to be there's something really interesting to watch on bad on bad here and I think <laughs> uh, the great blog, what's it called? Cardiac Hill had this stat. Um, Last season, only six teams had a red zone touchdown conversion rate worse than Pitt at 37 and a half. So Pitt was one of the worst in the nation at red zone touchdown rate. And then last year, only four teams in college football allowed a red zone touchdown conversion rate higher than Louisville so Pitt's really bad at scoring touchdowns in the red zone Louisville last year gave a lot of touchdowns up in the red zone so it's gonna I think it's gonna come down to a lot of red zone opportunities for Pitt and not settling for field goals regardless of how Kessman's kicking they need to get seven when they get down there and take advantage and Put the pedal on the metal on offense because this Louisville offense will score. So we need to like extend drives and maybe have a few s- splash plays and take a shot downfield occasionally. Are, which- you,
2: are you even suggesting that Pitt may need to maybe go for it on fourth down, like a fourth and one from the goal line, something like that?
0: Something like that.
2: Okay, Pat Narduzzi, I think he might do it, Vince. Well, we'll see. I think there are, there could be times in, in this game uh, where, you know, where that's necessary, but also, you know, you gotta, you know, let's point out, you know, Pitt's red zone offense actually has been pretty good this, right. this, this year. I, I think they've been, you know, they've been getting touchdowns this year. I mean, we, with small sample size, um, but they have been um, absolutely. They need to be able to, to score and, you know, yes, we could talk about controlling the clock all we want. Uh, to, you know, to keep Louisville's offense off the field, keep the defense fresh. I'll tell you something right now. I'm I'm very uh, I'm very confident in this defense because staying fresh, at least because you know we're we're rolling. You know, too deep on the defensive line. Uh, you know, we're what about rolling- the
0: back end of the defense though?
2: Well, we're rolling too. I'm, I'll get there. We're rolling too deep on the linebackers. I think those are the key guys. they are going to be the ones that are, you know have to really chase down, you know, Malik um, Cunningham. You know, they they're the ones that got to stay on top of it. Now, I'm not quite sure what the what the scheme is going to be. Are they really going to be playing this quarters coverage the entire time, or are Hamlin and Ford are they going to be asked to cover slot receivers? And, you know, tight ends often it's going to be interesting to see because, as you alluded to, Alan, uh, Tutu Atwell is a game breaker at receiver. This guy has tremendous speed and we do not want a repeat of, of that over the top pass that happened last week.
1: Yeah. And I think defensive linemen getting hands on balls could be a huge help in this one. Uh, okay. I'm hoping we have that's when you're saying. They go too deep. Having the gas tank up front, crucial in this game. You need to have guys who are ready to be jumping up, knocking down passes. I hope Baldonado's eligible for this game. I don't know how long he's out for, Vince, but having a guy like that, someone with size, could be very helpful. when you talk. Also, when you talk about 2-2 two, two out, well, they're going to probably try swing bubbles, screens out wide to that guy. They're going to try to get him the ball yeah. any way they can, so you need hands up.
0: Yeah, and... Cunningham's a good passer too. And in order to the defense needs to stay disciplined and not, you know, get themselves in a bad position. I feel like overall the defense so far this year, once again, small samples us, hasn't committed too many penalties where you shake your head. They've done pretty good. So if they continue to do that um, and kind of just stay in the right position, I think I think it'll be okay, but we gotta look for at times like the safety help over the top as well. Um, for these long passes, because they can they can take a shot downfield and they can be successful. Yeah, um,
1: I th- I think they match totally up done. well, Vince. I think they match up well uh, defensively against the explosive uh, offense, like you said. I'm confident in them. A uh, few splash plays on defense in terms of turnovers, maybe even a, a scoop and score something like that. It only going to take a couple. I think they'll be ready for the entire game. The whole, you know, the the, the whole four quarter game against this team is going to be exhausting. I think, but I think they're ready for it. And then offensively, I think the matchup could bode well. If those big backs are also available and ready to go. Daniel Carter, small front here for Louisville. That's probably why they're so bad in the Ren zone. They got some small guys.
2: Yeah, yeah. Not uh, for a 3-4 defense. I was looking over some of their players. Not as big as what you would expect. But they do have a lot of speed on this defense, you know, don't, don't make any mistake about it, but uh, you know, I think we got to go in and, you know, you know, it, we, we got to be aggressive, but I, of course, that establishing a strong run, you know, and, and just really hitting them in the mouth. I think that's going to be crucial. Sheldon Rankins ain't walking through that door. Dominate
1: on the line, Morrissey, get your guys ready. Pitt and Louisville, and they're going to be wearing New Jersey's, Pam, black and yellow and silver
0: Yeah, I love it. The steel, the gray, they're nice. Pays homage to the Steel City and the forging of steel for the Cathedral of Learning, right? There's a yeah. good video out there about that.
1: That that is uh, going to be a uh, different, a different look this Saturday. I I don't know if I'm ready for it. The basketball uniforms, it 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 worked. It looked cool. I love it. I'm all about black and yellow. I'm all about Pitt embracing the the rest of the colors that the whole city wears, but with that that different color helmet, Vince. I can't wait to see what that looks like with the black and yellow scheme. It, it,
2: well, it's it's as Pam said, it's a little bit more steel. Uh, and it's I think steels. So I'm colorblind, so I don't know the difference between steel, silver, and gray.
1: I don't know what whatever. It looks. It's not. It's not black, yellow, or blue.
2: It's a different colored helmet than usual. You're going to see some steel panthers out there Hell on yeah. uh, on Saturday, Alan. Uh, I, I was talking to a mutual friend of ours offline a, who, who's very into fashion, and and he's he's hyped up uh, for for these uniforms. I, I am I am just you know ready to see these go out guys go out there like a blast furnace. And, oh and, baby, and I can't wait. Load all over these guys.
1: Yeah, the forge of the future with some steel panthers. I think it's going to be excellent. On Saturday, we'll get to our predictions for Pitt and Louisville. But what about this? B- before we uh, get into what they're saying on the Pitternet, I found, I've i been waiting for it all week, Pam, and I found it. Dino Babers, his quote, why he didn't call those timeouts. Are you ready to hear? Yeah, I'm ready. Dino Babers on why the Syracuse Orange basically gave up against Pitt when they had timeouts They could have tried to stop the clock, get the ball back, and fight back. I was going to let the team eat on the first two plays call timeout after the third down stop, so they couldn't run any time on the punt team, get the punt, and then have two timeouts for the offense to do something that's very difficult to do. So basically he said because he wasn't going to have timeouts for his offense to move the ball, "Ah, if my offense isn't going to have timeouts, I don't even care why even try. That's basically what he said.
0: That's so dumb because the rules and the stoppage, especially like – in college, favor the offense.
2: <laughs> the yeah. clock
0: stops need after a first You need to get step. the ball back. I,
2: I I don't I don't know. I mean, I you know there, the look
0: on his face may, said more than anything he could say. You, after you,
2: you could do a lot of speculation into this. I mean, I mean, you know, uh, Coach Narduzzi and Dino Babers are good friends from from what I understand, uh, and maybe they were going easy on each other. Um, no,
0: yeah, that's uh, ridiculous. Dino
2: Babers. He, it, by just letting the clock run out there, it probably maybe saved Tommy DeVito's life because um, he he was getting smashed every or, play. Or Rex Culpepper,
1: who's got the or, one of the or, or, baddest name. Uh, he's got like the best mashup of two early 2000s quarterback names ever.
0: <laughs> he's got a great story too, cancer survivor. Yeah, good to s- see him out there.
1: son of football players. He went out there. He looked good uh, with his big bomb. Yeah, maybe it was for the better that uh, Dino just kind of tapped out. Uh, it, Kenny Pickett throwing for over fifty six uh, over fifty six attempts against Louisville. You think, Vince? Ooh,
2: fifty six attempts.
1: Do, does he double up his total amount of attempt? I wanted a prop for this one. His total amount of attempts this season are fifty six so far. Whipple in a game like this, I feel like is like, ooh, I could double that up. <laughs>
2: I'm going to say under 56 attempts. I hope so. Uh, if, it's, if it's over 56 attempts, I'm not saying Pitt's going to lose. I'm just saying everybody's going to be very nervous
0: about the outcome of this <laughs> well, game. <laughs> I also think they need to control the ball a little bit more Yeah, too. I mean, they can do it with short passes. You would think. Um, but... The way the run game's been okay so far, so but that doesn't mean anything with Whipple. So I think it's <laughs> going to be under, but I think Kenny Pickett is fifty. That's my prediction. 50. All right,
1: fifty. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go forty-eight. I think he's gonna get close. Uh, but wow, that's good. Yeah, I know you won't the like look that. Look Vince. on Vince's
0: face. Is you super have to right right now. realize
1: who the offensive coordinator is, Vince. Come on, this is Mark Whipple
2: we're talking about here. I don't think my heart could take fifty passes.
1: Well, you better get ready. I don't know. Maybe eat some heart. Eat your Cheerios all week long. Get heart healthy. Saturday's game. We're forging for the future, but also it's going to be a dogfight against Louisville. All right. Let's talk about what they're talking about in virtual reality on the PitterNet. Can you explain what Internet is?
2: I hear there's rumors on the uh, Internet and to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We're a good door football team. I'm proud of these guys. All right. Our first
1: piece of PitterNet action comes from Pit Zitt on Panther Lair, who said, for a senior quarterback, this team will struggle all year with him, and we don't have an answer behind him. Talking about Kenny Pickett, Pit Zitt? First of all. Well, you didn't,
2: you didn't he didn't finish that. that <laughs> oh, uh... is that
1: him on to basketball? Yeah, that, that's <laughs> I thought that was that was you tell it. You wrote in the notes me to go next to basketball. We have a basketball piece nope. to talk about next. So no, he no, said that was him. we don't have an answer behind him on the basketball. I'm assuming that's how he said it on the basketball.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, uh, that's rather, you know, depressing dark to just, Yeah, you know uh, what? You know, the two, I, the, I've been improv- the quick
1: looks you got at Yellen and Bevel really gave you that down on
2: the backup situation and Pickett' well, performance mean, even so if far. You're down on the backup situation, you know, Kenny Pickett, I think, has played pretty good. Uh, I, I don't think you know people could ask for a whole lot more. Um, it, Some would say
1: he's he he's building a Heisman case slowly but surely.
2: Yeah, I, I would. I agree with that, and. We'll see. Uh, you know, he's he's gonna have a big stage here on this big noon kickoff, and may in you know possibly a shootout situation against a high powered offense, and they're just gonna be going blow for blow, and we'll see who comes out on top. But you know, uh, Kenny has has proven that you know you know, you know g- given the right situation he can do very well. Yeah, I was I was
1: down Jerry's records in Squirrel Hill earlier today and i was talking to this this old timer there and he even was pretty optimistic about kenny pickett and usually those old timers don't say stuff like oh yeah i think the kid's good you know i see a little merino in him no i i rarely see anyone talking about kenny in this way Pit zit, pam i can't believe this
0: yeah it's shocking but People are very negative at times on Panther lair. Even <laughs> when they're two and zero and they won fifty five to nothing or whatever.
1: So. I guess. Well he he wanted it, so on to basketball, Pit zit. And for basketball, we're gonna go to uh, Carl K for our uh, next thing from the Pitternet.
2: I play with people with Pit that shave punch.
1: Yep, that's Carl Krauser. He was on DK Sports Radio's Memory Lane and in his uh, Zoom call interview they did, Carl Krauser reveals they shaved points, or his teammates shaved points while he played at Pitt, oh, what, 15 years ago, and change. I I, I don't believe it, and if it's true, I don't know who the hell it could have been. Levon Kendall, Aaron Gravins? I don't know.
2: I played with people yeah. at Pitt that shaved points. Yeah, I, I, this is... You know, this is bizarre. And I, I was, you know, I was, you know, we were at at Pitt for Carl Krauser's senior year. And, you know, even, you know, a couple of years, I believe he played two other years before that. And he, I'm going to have to go back and start looking at some of these rosters and maybe, you know, rewatching some of these old games. Because he, he's saying the guys that were great finishers would just, you know, not you know, not make baskets at certain times. And then he had to just take over the game himself. Uh, I I don't, I want to hear names before I decide if I want to believe this or not. I,
1: I talked to some people within the family, angry uncles, and you know, they all instantly said, oh, it was Chevy Troutman. Had to be him. That guy missed what? everything. Him? <laughs> and I, I, I couldn't believe that. Mr. Basketball, Indiana, huge
2: reputation he brought to Pitt. He wouldn't shave points, would he? And that that's what makes this disappointing. Is like it, you don't, you didn't get the vibe from any of these guys that they would do something like this. And, and Has
0: any of the guys on the team resp- – I haven't followed not, this story. Not that I've has seen. Has anyone any. come out? I just – it's – It hasn't even gotten much attention either. So I think, I don't know. I think it's it's, sour
1: grapes. Maybe Pam, you think it's sour grapes from Carl Krauser?
0: I'm not saying he's lying. I just, it's, it's just, it seems like it's a story that's not getting much like legs, which I think is fine since it's just one guy saying one thing. And
2: it's horrible that, you know, I, you know, I, I don't, I really don't want this to be true. And at the same time, I really don't want Carl Krauser to be making this up. Because, yeah, there's
0: no good because,
2: And people are going to laugh at this, but at, the to- at that time, 2003, 2004, he was the most popular athlete in the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, I mean, this is before Ben Roethlisberger and Troy Polamalu and before Ben Roethlisberger made Hines Ward into a, a star player. Uh, before this, was, Sydney. this was this was as Jerome Bettis's career was, you know, winding down before Sidney Crosby and getting Malkin and before Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, you know, this guy was this is who everybody, you know, this was that dude. And uh, to, to see something like this is just horrible. It, it just makes me sick. It is. But also
1: it kind of gave me courage. So this week on the show, I want to reveal something. I played intramural football with people that shaved points at Pitt. <laughs> and I'm not going to write a book where I'm going to name names like Carl Krauser said he's going to do. I'm going to say it. That Yoder guy, Vince, he dropped too many passes in the end zone. Yoder, prove me wrong. You didn't shave points in intramural football.
2: I, you know, I I didn't know him personally, but I, you know, I played on the team with him and know, yeah, it looked very suspect, and, and he was I'm the
1: sure. guy we all lived on the same floor. But that was the one guy that didn't live at Lothrop, right? I don't. I'm just saying. Yeah, but this
2: is—he <laughs> was—he was infiltrated by bookies <laughs> in another dorm.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know what was going on, but I know that we. I should have a championship <laughs> trophy behind me here in the studio, in the shadow of the cathedral. Damn it! All right. Shaving points aside, let's see what they're talking about uh, at the barber shops where the people are getting a shave. Talking pit sports, what are they talking about? You think down at the barber shops all over it, Pittsburgh?
2: This, this point shaving situation has really uh, garnered a lot of discussion uh, around. You know, people that that are trying to remember what happened 15 years ago.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough to remember, but uh, a lot of people do.
2: Another Saturday coming, and the Panthers are playing. Trying to find out what the inters are saying.
1: You believe that a bat pit hoops shaving points when Kraser was there?
2: Uh, I, th- I think they're still doing it. Y- you see the team lately in that?
1: Uh, yeah, but I know back then it wasn't Sam Young, though. That... That guy, he was he was just too good. He wasn't shaving points at all. They sure could use him these days.
2: Hail to Pitt. What the are saying. So that's what the injuries are saying. Uh, just a bizarre situation for you. know, 2005 pit basketball i always Uh, thought the
1: scandal with that team was that sam young was 55 years old and playing college basketball that was the one thing i thought would come out about that team not
2: point shaving that yeah that's really never been you know totally unearthed uh his, his birth certificate for you know what year was he actually born but moving on uh, Alan, we have a.
0: You guys uh, like to speculate today. This should be like hell to conspiracy theory pods.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. oh my goodness! That. The stories that we could, uh, oh. you know, we could do a whole show on, you know, what was happening on campus in 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 uh, you know, the mid 2000s thousand.
0: I'm not going to be on that one.
1: Yeah, we may have to start a Patreon just so we could put that stuff. That stuff you got to pay for. I think we might have to start a Patreon for that, Pam. That's a good idea, though.
2: <laughs> maybe that'll be a special episode. Uh, if Pitt wins the ACC, maybe we'll do that one. Uh, <laughs> but, but Alan, uh, uh, moving on, you know, we we got another conference joining the fray uh, in, in, in college football A-C-C. this weekend. It's it's like A-C-C. the Royal Rumble. You know, another A-C-C. conference joins. Oh,
1: yeah, this is going to be good. A deadly draw, and we're getting the SEC. Oh, college football. Welcome back, national champs, LSU Tigers. Welcome back, Auburn Tigers. Kentucky, Mississippi State. We got Mike Leach, and we got Lane Kiffin coaching this weekend in college football, in addition to Pitt Louisville, and another big game with Army in Cincinnati. Two teams that have been really impressing people a lot lately. This is going to be easily the best weekend of college football so far.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, You know, it's got the most games. uh, Some we got three. You know, top twenty-five matchups. Uh, We got some other you know ranked teams that are going to be going at it. We're going to be talking about a few of them here. Uh, This is a a very under the radar game, in my opinion. number 23 ranked kentucky wildcats uh getting seven and a half points on the road at the auburn tigers on the plains auburn ranked number eight uh I, I think we could all for, sort of start out by saying that we don't all don't care for auburn i don't care uh, for but but uh pam i know you're a big bo nicks fan and i'm i got a suspicion that you're you're picking auburn in this game
0: I don't know if I'm a big Bo Nix fan. I don't. I think I said one time if he can take a step up, Auburn will be a competitive team this year. I don't think that (laughs) makes me a big. You like
1: Bo Nix? You love Bo Nix?
0: I like him. I like the magic of Bo Nix against Oregon. But I mean, I I don't know. I don't want that to be a thing I'm known for.
2: Um, Aren't you that one that likes Bo Nix?
1: I don't want to be recognized as the Bo Nix fan when I'm walking down the street. (laughs)
0: Um, I definitely think Auburn's going to pull away here. It'll be interesting to see what what any of these SEC teams look like. But I think even though Auburn lost a lot, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I think, and here we go, if Bo Nix can take another step forward, I think Auburn will be pretty competitive in the SEC this year.
1: Yeah, people are, are... Expecting big things for them and big things for Florida. Meanwhile, the national champs are getting disrespected, even though Coach O's at least going to be—he's on sixty minutes and getting national attention still. But no one's picking them. Uh, I'm going to watch all these games. I am really excited to see that uh, that transfer they got. What from North Dakota State at LSU, Vince? That's the guy I'm waiting to see. Uh, Jabril Cox, who's who's supposed to be their next great you know, beast on the edge. So I'm going to be watching players in the SEC this week, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see, including Bo Nix. I like watching him play football. But really, besides Pitt-Louisville, the game of the week is is Georgia Southern and the Raging Cajuns, the number 19 Raging Cajuns. That's also a big noon kickoff. Get your double screens going. Have that on your small screen with Pitt-Louisville. Well,
0: and but, also something not be. On the lookout for one of the big noon games, Notre Dame-Wake Forest, is postponed. So it'll be interesting to see. I bet that Florida-Old Miss ends up on on ABC on Saturday. That's my prediction.
2: There you go. Wow. That, that game already pegged for ESPN. That would be a rare SEC game on ABC. Uh, that, that doesn't happen. But it I'm
0: just looking at the schedule, and there is really well, nothing it, else they can do.
2: If up. anything, it should be this Kentucky-Auburn game. That, that that's goes. Network. I know that, but I'm saying if anything, that that should be the ABC game. I, I'm fascinated to see what Kentucky can do with a quarterback playing quarterback this year, uh, as opposed to last year when when they had a wide receiver playing the position. I th- I think this game's going to be much closer than you think. I, I'm going to go ahead and say, um, Florida might not have a fun
1: time with Ole Miss either down in the sec. I mean, there, there's a lot of, this is the most pressure on a Florida team in a long time in terms of expectations. Yeah, so we'll see how they, uh, re- they react to that. What a slate. What about army and Cincinnati though? You have that here as our, as our third game to watch out for 22 versus 14. Vince, that's an ESPN game, Three thirty kickoff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or army catching 13 and a half points. I think this number has maybe even gone up a little bit. Uh, I, I just seem to think that, yeah, Arm- Armies looked p- pretty good, but this Cincinnati team, yeah, they're just, uh, they could sneakily score a lot of points here, and I think it's going to be just too much for Army.
0: Cincinnati was a team that people before the season and before some of these other conferences joined the Rumble. uh that people thought is like a sleeper or non power five that can make some noise. Yeah. So they're def- I think they're a good team as well.
1: And look out for my sneaky pick Troy against number 18 BYU, Pam BYU had a bunch of players get COVID uh, results, positive COVID results. Cause they all got together for a gambling night. Would you ever think BYU players would have a gambling night? What scandal in 2020 here?
0: I'm not going to answer that question, but I think uh, I don't know about Troy that we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know if uh, people should be running to the rivers to cash a ticket or put some money down on Troy.
1: And then of course you got, I mean, so much to watch out for Mike Norvell coaching from, I don't know where remotely they said against Miami with Florida state. That's also an ABC game. So Super excited for the SEC to join the fold here. And a great slate of action all over college football. Enjoy it. And we're going to give our Pitt Louisville score here. And I, I don't know. I don't want to go first, Pam. I like seeing what you do first.
0: Um, I'm going to go Pitt wins 36-34.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. that Was that my the score last week?
0: The defense... We'll score. No, uh, what was I think I was score 30.
1: I, I was 36-33 last week against Syracuse. I was way off.
0: Yeah, no. I think th- I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and I think the defense is going to, like, get a score or a key turnover at the end of the game to get the stop. So 36-34, Pitt. A weird score, and weird things are going to happen.
1: All right. That's, that's going to be, I don't know, not good for your heart there, Vince. If you're concerned, that score He's right there. Already,
0: I think his heart's already under stress thinking about this. It, you should see him. It's this, terrible. This is a this
2: is good. This is a tough ball game to pick. Um, I, I'm going to go with the Panthers. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 31 to 27. Uh, Pitt's going to win this game, and I, I think you know the key things on defense. All the, tackling is going to be so critical. Ta- tackling is going to be absolutely critical. I think there's going to be guys in open space, and they're going to they're going to have to bring them down. Uh, whenever they get their hands on them, and, and the other the other th- uh, player I'm I'm going to single out here is Keyshawn Camp, uh, relatively silent in his first action against Syracuse, he's going to have to push and collapse this pocket. I think that's going to be absolutely critical. We've seen how great Kalijah kansi has been, uh, you know, getting a couple sacks in his first couple games. Uh, but Keyshawn Camp's got to rise to the occasion here, uh, collapse that pocket, you know. Uh, Cunningham's going to try to escape to the outside. I think we're going to do a good job keeping it contained. Can't let him get up the middle and get first downs quickly on, on the ground. Uh, Keyshawn Camp's going to have to have a big game.
1: I'm with you. I think Keyshawn Camp sees that. He sees Kalijah having uh, success early, and I think he goes out against Louisville, and he says, Kalijah can see me, and I'm going to go out there, get three sacks, maybe cause a fumble, and help Pitt win I think Keyshawn Camp's going to be your player of the game, and I think Pitt will win thirty to twenty-five. Book it, Panthers win, and we're rolling. And they're going to probably be ranked top what fifteen after this win, beating a top twenty-five team. Uh,
2: again, it depends on uh, it depends on who you know wins and loses uh, above uh, above them, um, but you would expect a, a victory over a top 25 team to, to really catapult them forward. How do you like me now? And we're going to forge forward, forge the future.
1: Pitt women's soccer forge in the future as well, ranked in the top 25 for the first time ever. They're number 12, so I'm hoping Pitt football gets this win, Pam. And we got two number 12-ranked teams nationally on campus.
0: That'd be a great, great thing to have for the Panthers.
1: That'd be a a swell thing to have in a time where people are looking for swell things to have. Why don't you have yourself a weekend, watch some college football, enjoy the outdoors a little bit more. It's getting a little chillier, but you could still go out there and build a pizza oven or just smoke some meats. Whatever you want to do. Still watching football outside weather, right, Vince?
2: Oh, it's it's always football outside weather, uh, especially in the Steel City, forged by steel. We're forged by steel, and we're
1: not shaving anything here on on the show, Pam. I'm not shaving the rest of the season just because of what Carl Krauser said. I don't want to be accused of anything.
0: (laughs) That's right.
1: Although I do have a wedding in like a month, so I don't. I think I have to shave. Oh well, we'll figure that out. Hey everybody, thanks for listening, Pam. You got anything left? Nope. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt, everybody. We will see you next week. Let's beat Louisville in our black, yellows, and uh, iron-colored jerseys. Party on till next week. Thanks for listening.